You're listening to Love Your City. It's a Movement Australia podcast. We believe that communities can be transformed as a unified church in every city or town lives and proclaims the gospel into every sphere of society. We'll tell stories from where this is already happening. We'll dig into the Bible to better understand God's heart for cities and towns. And we'll discuss practical strategies. Because no matter where you live, a gospel movement can happen. Welcome to this Movement Day interview. Today, it's great to have Pastor Jonathan Dove from Auckland, from Grace City Church in Auckland. And uh, a few weeks ago, I listened to a wonderful sermon he preached. And so I've decided to follow it up with an interview. So Jonathan, welcome to this Aussie interview. Yeah, well, nice to speak to our neighbours across the ditch. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, let's get right into it. You did preach a great sermon and it was you were vision casting to your church. The name of your church, as I said, Grace City Church. So uh, and you were preaching on the word city. So just explain a little of what uh, was on your heart when you preached that message. Yeah, well, I, I guess um, if, if I just give uh, the context of, of our name, because we have moved from uh, being Green Lane Christian Centre to uh, Grace City Church. So I guess what we're trying to say in that is uh, we're about grace, you know, the essence of the gospel. Uh, city, which for us is not just our context, but is our, our focus. Uh, and then church, where we believe the beauty of grace uh, connects with the brokenness of our, of our city. And so our mission here is uh, we talk about renewing people and places or partnering with what God is doing to renew all things. Um, and we have this, this uh, Māori phrase uh, that we use, uh, which is kia araha no, which means it's this love without constraints. And what we're trying to do there is separate the, the line that so often exists between faith and life. In mentioning that, explain to me what you're meaning by that, um, that distinction. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I, many of us have just unintentionally drawn a line between faith and life, I, I think, in, in the way we do our jobs, the way we think about home, all these other things. And it, it almost seems like, you know, the hour that we have uh, for our church gatherings on a Sunday becomes the exclamation mark rather than the, the comma, you know, into, into the week. So um, an example of this, even, even in my own context, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a message on one of our new church values, which is participation. And, um, you know, we were talking about uh, the, the way God wants all of our names to be in the, the credits of this, the story of God. And then about halfway through the message, uh, which we, everybody should have grasped that all of us are participants, uh, I, I said something like, you know, just out of interest, you know, how many full-time Christian ministers do we, do we have in the room with us today? And, and only one or two hands went up. And, you know, I had to say to our church, you know, no, 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 you, you haven't grasped this, this value yet because every hand should be up from any follower of Jesus that's, that's in our room uh, because all of us are invited by God to participate in what he's doing in the world. And, and, and the thing is, I, I don't blame my church for that. I, I, I blame pastors like me, pastors like, like ourselves who have almost created a language at times that have... Um, that this faulty theology that can come through. I, I think how, how people have heard messages like, um, you know, with, uh, church programs are the primary place for God's work. And we, and we don't use that phrase uh, possibly, but we, the, the way we do measurements of success around attendance rather than transformation of a city or, 
or, or the energy we put into the hour on Sunday without really thinking about the impact that is meant to have on the rest of the week. Um, and I'm a fan of services, big fan of gatherings. I think we do a great job with, with our services here at Grace City, but um, it's, they're meant to inspire, they're meant to mobilize people for the week ahead. Um, I, I think also the way uh, we've created this, this false theology that pastors are the only people called. And again, we don't necessarily use that language, but I think we've created this two-tier system between you know, professional uh, clergy and, and laity and even that kind of system, rather than realizing everyone is anointed. Uh, I think John uses that language in First John. He says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And he's talking to ordinary people. And so I want to remind people of the, of the Esthers, the Nehemiahs, the Lydias, the Daniels, all these, all these heroes of faith we look to who are ordinary people uh, and God used them right where they were uh, and trying to eliminate that line between, between faith and life. That's great clarity, uh, Jonathan. So your people, of course, in, in, with, with that understanding, uh, ministers are out into the city. So why then is the city so important? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's great books that have been written about this, isn't there? But uh, I, I think of Genesis 4, uh, when Enoch, uh, sorry, Cain, uh, um, creates this the city, names it after his son Enoch, the city of Enoch. And, and, and right there you have um, the development of what housing and farming and, and music, mining, manufacturing. And so I think there's like cities are, are the hub of all of these things. Uh, they are the, the public square of, of our country. And it's been that way right from the beginning. I think of um, cities I've been to before, and maybe you've been there too, um, these ancient cities like Rome and um, Athens, uh, and there's many archaeology now, but, but back at a time, they, they, they were influential cities. Uh, now I think of like cities like New York, London, Beijing, that they're amazing cities. But um, I think every city is, is humanity intensified and is able to influence uh, the arts and education and music and film and entertainment so that influence could be for something good or for something bad and so personally i think that's why paul uh, was incredibly strategic in the book of acts uh, he knew the role cities have that if you capture a city if the if the, if the gospel seed is planted in, in the city uh, it can influence all of these things in the city um, education culture behavior habits all of these things and that all of these things were then rippled onto um, towns and, and villages everywhere so I like to try to capture the imagination of, of our church to think what can happen right here in our city, uh, knowing uh, that in turn will affect um, Aotearoa, um, New Zealand, uh, for Jesus as well. Yep, uh, that, that's a huge vision. So yeah. uh, I suppose a, a quick follow-up. Do, do you think your people are can bridge that big gap from where they've been used to being church-centric uh, with the gospel and, it's, uh, and they're outworking to go to city-centric? and take the gospel as you've just explained? Yeah, it's, it's a journey, isn't it? I don't think it happens overnight, um, but we have been on this journey for a few years already, but transitioning from a very church-centric model uh, that would have been a very secular church, you know, uh, inviting people to a service, uh, and, and that's wonderful. That's, that's a big part of uh, strategy, but, but I think uh, it, it just doesn't tend to register where people actually work and in their homes and that they actually have a role to play in, in their vocational calling. Um, that's, that's, that's bigger than all of that. And so um, what I'm seeing now is people grasping that in, in different ways uh, and, and wanting to even grab people from around the city, uh, even other believers, 
to, to think about a city vision. Um, our Japanese group, for instance, when they heard that message, um, they said, oh, we want to get all the Japanese churches in our city together. And so they're having an event here that they've organized themselves in, in July here at Grace City, uh, just simply to, to come and pray and talk about what, what our Japanese groups throughout the city can, can do for Jesus. And I think that's, that's what I love seeing. And that's something that they've grabbed hold of themselves. Now, in your sermon, you also spoke of um, kind of, uh, well, use Dickens' terms, the tale of two cities. Yeah. The, the Babylonian city, which we feel very much we're enmeshed yeah. in. Uh, but heaven, the gospel is heavenizing our cities. Uh, so it looks more like the new Jerusalem than the old Babylon or the current Babylon. Yeah. So you want to just um, paint a bit of a picture of those two cities? Yeah, I think it's always good to have this, this um, stories, the story of these two cities before us. So Babylon, obviously, at one point was a, a real place, you know, 16th century uh, BC, you know, even built over Babel, which is quite interesting in itself. But, but Babel's, uh, sorry, Babylon's strategy was all about uh, trying to assimilate people, assimilate the enemies that they've now captured and trying to make them just like uh, who they are. Uh, so think stories like, like Daniel and trying to change Daniel's name to Belshazzar and effectively saying, hey, hey, you can live in our city. You can be successful in our city uh, as long as you take on our ways and our behaviors. Um, and I think that's what Babylon and what cities around the world continue to do, right? Um, and Peter, over in First Peter, I think it's chapter five, talks about uh, Babylon, um, you know, being the epitome of, of the of kind of worldly global city that, that we have. So on one hand, you have Babylon. On the other hand, you have the city of God that John talks about right at the end of Revelation, you know, it's coming down to this world, uh, you know, uh, eradicating all, all the pain and all death and all these things, you know, where, where God is making all things new. And so you have these two cities, and I guess within that, you're trying, we're trying to say, well, what, what's our role uh, as the church in the story of these two cities? Uh, that's great. And you, you spent a few moments on Jeremiah 29 explaining what our role is. So do you just, just want yeah. to briefly um, highlight those points? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there is a more significant uh, verse or passage for me than, than any other at, at this point in, in our history. Uh, and, and just where cities are, you know, to, to actually um, what Jeremiah is saying there, right in Jeremiah 29, uh, to the, the people of God who are now exiles in Babylon, um, and they're confused. They're trying to go, well, well do we assimilate uh, or do we segregate? And Jeremiah says, come, I want you to build homes. I want you to, to plant gardens, have a family, multiply. Uh, and, and then he says that those words we, we probably all know and love, uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 7, um, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Uh, pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And, um, you know, just to remind us that the word peace and prosperity, it's, it's one word. And, and what I said in the sermon, you know, it's this word shalom, uh, that this heart for um, flourishing in all directions, uh, that we would have economic flourishing, that uh, no one needs to live below the poverty line. Uh, social flourishing, that everybody has a place to belong, a spiritual flourishing, that we can relate to God again. Uh, this is what we're meant to be praying for and what we're all meant to be working for. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, and I, th I think that's what we need to capture again, uh, the, the city on the hill that Jesus spoke about. Yeah, uh, that, this, is a, this is the city vision. That's terrific. In your sermon, and I take my prompt from um, the word that's over your left shoulder up in your bookcase, uh, yes. imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's my prompt. You spent two 
a minutes in your sermon thereabouts saying, imagine what Auckland could look like, your, your city, the biggest city in New Zealand, what yeah. it could look like if the gospel really penetrated. Do you just want to uh, spend a few moments of dreaming around that word imagine? Yeah, beautiful. Um, well, you know, Auckland is going to be growing by about 700,000 people over the next 25 years, which is which is huge. You know, we're a city already of 1.7 million, which, you know, that from, from New Zealand standpoint is a, is a large city. So what I said to our church was, can we just imagine what it looks like when the, the seed of the gospel, remember how Jesus spoke about the kingdom being, being like a seed? It, it looks so insignificant, but when that's planted, it, it sprouts and brings nourishment to, to so many. So, you know, imagine a, a city filled with a, with a diversity, I said, that embraces the, the riches of, of our cultures prominent all over our city. Uh, imagine um, young people uh, taking charge of, of fashion and finance uh, and, and shaping these things with, with a passion for Jesus. Uh, imagine the, the marginalized being, being served by, uh, by those who, who have more and are driven um, not from a humanitarian aspect, but, but more so from a heart for God. Uh, imagine a next generation compelled not to leave the church, but to find their, their voice and purpose in the great call of the gospel. Uh, imagine a, a marketplace of, of these Christian leaders uh, committed to, to ethical practices uh, and changing the economic systems that shape our city. Uh, I, I think of the creatives and, and artists uh, promoting honest reflection and hope in our city. So, you know, we could go on talking about every, every sector, but trying to help people see what they do right where they are matters. You know, the ordinary day-to-day -day aspects, but changing the lens and the way we see uh, what we do as, as a calling by God. Uh, yeah, that's, that's terrific. And uh, no, thanks for that, Jonathan. And then finally into the bigger uh, context or the wider context that you're a part of the body of Christ in Auckland and I understand uh, you give leadership to the larger churches of the city so tell me how that can work out in terms of this uh, city gospel movement yeah I mean it's a bit like herding cats at times isn't it I mean bringing people from all these different denominational groups uh you know city leaders and and different church sizes you know together um and, and so I'm still learning. I've been in this role for, for a year. Uh, it's, it has a traditional role that most of us are probably familiar with, you know, where our leaders come, we have lunch together, we pray. Um, but, but it's trying to go more than that. Um, and I'm taking some of my cues from a, a great book uh, that I read a couple of months ago by uh, called Transform by Matt Bird. Uh, he's based in UK, um, runs Cinnamon Network. And he has this um, picture of a, of a ladder, all the different rungs of a ladder. And so right at the bottom of that is, is competition. And right at the top of that is coalition. And I think it's like competition, cooperation, coordination. Well, here's all these different C's. The, the point for me that, that captured me, though, was realizing we need to move from this competitive heart that we all have, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, to, to realize we, we have to look at ways to live out the cliche that we so often say, you know, that we are better together. I mean, theologically, we really are better together. And so, it, yes, it starts by having lunch together, uh, and then it probably has that prayer movement, and we have um, a couple of wonderful prayer movements here in our city that, that are happening through, through our group. But now we're trying to go, well, what's next? Uh, what do we do from here? Uh, and so some of the things, um, you know, um, maybe we should talk about, I guess, some of the small things we're doing that we, we seem to be having some success in, but it's still really early days. So I'm, I'm really learning here. 
But um, one of them, you know, this, the, uh, this week we wrote an article for our national newspaper on Easter. And uh, in the past, uh, it would tend to be, you know, the hero would give us the, this page and every leader would tend to write their own little piece about Easter. Uh, now we coordinate one really robust, good article and put our names next to that. So it's, it's seen as a united front uh, to reduce that competition that so often exists. Um, so that's just a very small way. Um, one of the other things I'm trying to do in the last month is uh, we were about to start these vocational conversations for young professionals uh, from, our, uh, from our own church. And so what I've said is actually, let's, let's not put our church name on that. Let's actually rally other people and do this um, under the umbrella of Auckland Church Leaders, uh, get our, our main theological college here on board and, and a few other not-for-profits, and let's do this in a collaborative way. Uh, and to be honest, it's incredibly painful because we have so many more meetings. Um, but I, I, I genuine, genuinely believe that the outcome of that come July, August, when we begin it, uh, is going to be so much better, uh, you know, beyond just one context and will bring uh, in this case, young professionals together uh, in a way that we wouldn't be able to do just by ourselves as one church. And so that those are some things we're trying. Um, I, I guess next, as I look at other city movements, it's, it's probably starting to think about uh, what's the vision before us? How do we resource that? Where do we need to go? Um, uh, one other thing we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, I invited um, our uh, city, one of our city councillors and one of our uh, government MPs, and uh, we had lunch together. And then I interviewed them, asking a whole range of questions in front of our Auckland church leaders. Um, and, and the question that that really provoked thought and imagination was, um, I just asked them, you know, if if all the if all the Christians within Auckland could just devote just just one hour a week towards something in our city, what would that be? Uh, to be honest, I was expecting them to, to rattle off different agencies we could volunteer for, but both of them actually just said, could you just get to know your neighbours? Could, could you just actually have people around for a meal or a coffee or a drink and uh, maybe a neighbourhood party that you organise? Uh, just because people are really lonely and need to be connected. And so I, I shared that with my church uh, just two weeks ago. And, and it, again, I just captured the imagination for people. So there's some neighbourhood parties that are now being been uh, formed and uh, one lady actually even this last weekend she said oh you know I've got time and so she whipped up some some muffins I uh, had a kind of a tea party with just the ladies in her street and I thought it's really easy to do uh, it, it doesn't take a lot but, but this is all about city engagement following what our, our civic leaders have told us to do and, and serving the needs of our city and um, finally as you communicate with leaders and people generally across the city and with this uh, vision, which is very different from what our past uh, church experiences, but and, and you start to cast this vision for transformation of Auckland, and they started to push back and say, hang on, this is too much. What, what would you say to them? Yeah, yeah, I, I um, It's funny, isn't it, how we can often write people off uh, because we think they're too far gone for Jesus. Uh, and people like the apostle Saul, moving to Paul, the Damascus Road encounter reminds us actually we can never write off anybody from the gospel. I guess cities are the same too, aren't they? We, we often just think, oh no, the city is what, too far gone. It's, it's too secular now to ever see a genuine gospel movement. Um, 
the, the person that's challenged me on this uh, was, I think it was a podcast I listened to by, by John Tyson, you know, good Australian leader himself, uh, now in, in New York City. And, and he, he was bringing some, some uh, reflections on Romans chapter 1. And in verse 13 of Romans 1, Paul, Paul's just randomly saying, it's one of the verses we, we pass over, but he, he sat on it and said, you know, Paul is saying, I've planned many times to come to you in Rome, but I've been prevented until now. I, I want to come because I want to see spiritual fruit um, among you and among uh, the non-Jewish people within, within Rome. And, and there's something about that. I, I, I sat there as I heard just that verse being, being read again. So this is Rome. I mean, and Peter speaks about Rome as, as the Babylon of, of his day. Uh, it looks like it's too far gone. And yet Paul sees this is the very place where he expects to see spiritual fruit. And, um, and, and John Tyson, I think, rattled off different, uh, different things that grabbed my imagination, talking about, you know, um, Rome had Caesar as Lord, and Paul sees actually Jesus is going to be declared Lord in Rome. Uh, you know, Rome declares this pantheon of gods, but Paul believes the exclusivity of Jesus is going to be worshipped. And he, he goes through and he talks about a whole range of things. But for me, it just captured my imagination. You know, and 300 years later, after, after the gospel is sown right there in Rome, Rome eventually bows its knee to King Jesus. Uh, and I think what happened there was beyond anything Paul could have ever imagined. But it happened. So I think... I think what I'm trying to do in, in my city here in Auckland is go, actually, the city is not, yes, it's, 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 it's um, incredibly far away from Jesus, but the gospel is power, the, the, the gospel of grace, and it's able to change anything that it touches. But I think it does take um, leaders and churches humbling themselves, uh, taking the posture of Jesus, realizing they're part of a kingdom, that's tactics are very different, to the kingdoms of this world and, and serve and have the humility and love to come around others in our city. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Well, this has been a great interview, Jonathan. So thank you very much for your time and may God bless you and uh, may God bless Auckland. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Ian. Lovely to chat.